From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today I'm talking about night anxiety. If you are currently struggling to get to sleep, your mind is racing, you feel anxious, you're pacing around at night, or if you're waking up at 2 a.m. and you're feeling sweaty, your heart is racing, and this continues throughout your weeks and months, then this is the podcast for you because here I'm talking about my history with night anxiety since I was a kid and also what can we do to lessen this anxiety. Before we dive in, I want to go over your comments and suggestions and questions on previous episodes, starting with Bobby K. Bobby says, If it wasn't for your show, I would still be in the unknown. Thank you for shining a light on my anxiety. I no longer feel confused as I did before. Thank you, Bobby. I I greatly appreciate that. Shannon Spark, who inspired this episode, says, Could you do an episode on night anxiety? I'm having trouble staying asleep, and when I wake up, I feel my heart racing And my body is tense. Thank you. Well, thank you for your question, Shannon. You guys can send me any questions you'd like uh, via unpluganxiety.com. Go there and and ask me anything. Um, Today, I want to start off by talking about my anxiety, sleep anxiety, when I was a kid. And looking back... It could have been a program installed from a family member where if I don't get the proper rest I need, then I won't be able to function properly the next day. And the importance of properly functioning the next day. This is around, say, 8, 9, 10, 11. Around there I'm talking about. And at this time, it could have been my mom, my teacher, my dad, I don't remember, but I believe that I got this program from somewhere because later in my 20s, this program was still at the forefront of my sleeps. Whenever I would get a new job opportunity, I would worry specifically about not getting the proper sleep I need. Being in the film industry, I was working odd jobs here and there, bouncing around from job to job. So when I was asked to come in on a production, I would get overly anxious that very night. And yes, there's other factors to it, such as what if I don't do a good job? What if I make a mistake? Tomorrow's going to be hard. Uh, What if I embarrass myself in some way at the job? But also, I remember specifically that if I can't fall asleep in the first 20 minutes, then I would worry and ruminate over, oh God, if I don't get this sleep, then I won't be able to function properly, and then the list goes on. 
And also, if I don't get the proper sleep, I use that as an excuse to not work. Sometimes I won't call into work or cancel my workday because of the lack of sleep. And from what I can remember, when I was a kid, after I was kissed goodnight, I would lie awake wondering why I couldn't fall asleep. And then I would feel like something was wrong with me. I'm not sleeping. Why can't I sleep? And then I would start to roll around and then I would sit up. And sometimes I would jump on my bed because I would feel anxious. I would feel alone. I'd feel concerned. And that made me feel more uncertain. And because I was uncertain about why I was feeling these things, because why couldn't I get to sleep, that would make me more awake. My stress response was active. It makes sense now, but back then it was confusing. And I remember making grunting noises and coughing as a kid to get my parents' attention in the next room so they could come in and check on me and comfort me because I was very dependent on them for safety. A couple of years ago, when I read Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, which I highly recommend, I discovered something truly fascinating. The circadian rhythm can shift in many children. Typically, it's at 9 p.m. that the melatonin is high in, in, in a child, so usually the child would go to sleep around 9, 9.30. But in some others, it may come a bit later. Looking back, I would have done a few things differently. First of all, if I couldn't sleep, then I'm not tired. I have a lot of excess energy. I'm a kid. Of course, I have all this energy. I'm probably not releasing all of that energy throughout the day enough, right? I'm not running around enough. I'm not playing enough. Also, if I couldn't sleep, I should have gotten up and I should have played with my Legos. I should have read some of my books. I should have played and and had fun with my action figures. I should I should have done that. Second, I was stimulated before bed by the TV. I watched TV a lot and I would as soon as I shut off the TV, I would jump into bed. Looking back, it's quite obvious to me that well, the TV contributed to the suppression of the melatonin thus i was unable to go to go to sleep and lastly i should have talked to my parents about how i felt at night maybe they would have done something differently if i spoke up 
Maybe they would have been like, okay, Brad, you know, no TV half hour before bed or no video games or maybe you should stay up a little later, stay up till 10, you know, whatever, who knows. But I should have talked to them about it. And I remember looking back, that alone feeling I felt when everybody else in the house was asleep. I have a sister and then my mom and my dad. As soon as I heard silence, as soon as I heard my sister turn off her TV, I remember getting even more anxious because, oh man, they're going to bed, but I'm awake. Something is wrong with me. And then my anxiety would increase and then I would remain awake. In my mid-twenties, things got out of hand. The chaos in my life increased. At a time where I should be taking on more responsibilities, I was living on Fantasy Island. I was dependent on things to make me feel good temporarily and dependent on people to make me feel good. And I was continually living under the dome of my parents. Why go to work when I could just be at home and listen to music, maybe go over to my friend's house and smoke weed or maybe see my ex-partner and, you know, facilitate more of that toxic relationship or it's all I knew chaos was all I knew and chaos became my normal so when there was nothing much to do I would seek out drama or I would seek out those feel-good activities I would watch movies that supported my fantasy seeking behaviors i would watch movies where guys would sleep around with girls and drink alcohol and it was it seemed very glamorous i would watch kurt cobain smoke cigarettes and have this carefree attitude or those types of things i would watch and it made me feel good because i was was like oh yeah i have the same feelings as kurt cobain and and so you know i'm not alone but As you and I both know, that's very toxic. I was only keeping myself in this familiar drama, dependent-seeking domain. Was not healthy. And when an important job came about, so when I called into the camera union or At the time, it wasn't the camera union. It was the electrical union in the film industry. So when I would call in and I was secured a job, I became overly sensitive to my sleep that night. So if I couldn't get to sleep in the next 20 minutes, I would pace back and forth. And I remember pacing, going into my basement, and I was pacing in my basement saying, how am I going to go into work? It's... 1 a.m., I'm not tired, Um, I have to get up for 5.30, what am I going to do? How am I going to function? How is this even going to happen? And sometimes, like I said before, I would cancel my 
my job. I can't come in. And so I was very, very sensitive to not getting that sleep. And I noticed going through my recovery, even looking back on my anxious, old, destructive self, when the distractions disappear and it's just you and your own mind, when you're lying in bed, it's just you and yourself, the insecurities, the fears, the things that you sweep under the rug, they come out. The monsters come out of the closet. There's so much much truth to that statement. The emotional memories that your unconscious mind is storing, they bubble up. For example, after you shut off the TV or video game or you put your cell phone away and you slip into bed, you experience the racing mind that can't seem to shut off. You get all of those what ifs and you get those negative emotions. And it's like the greyhound race. You go to the greyhound track, the greyhounds are all behind the the gates and as soon as the gates open, the the greyhounds shoot right out of the gate. That's what happens to the mind. You slip into bed, the gates of your unconscious mind start to open up as you slowly drift more into the unconsciousness of sleep because when we start to shut off our more critical thinking mind, the prefrontal cortex, the gates to our unconscious mind start to open up even more and we're more susceptible to whatever is lurking in the unconscious mind and we suddenly jolt back out of that drifting off into that wakeful state wondering what is going on. Why do I feel these negative emotions? Why can't I seem to shut off all of this noise in my head? And so this can all turn into a cycle. The cycle is the stress makes you alert and awake at night. You compromise your sleep because you're up until one or two and then you get up at five. You didn't get a great sleep. And that makes you more emotionally sensitive because you're lacking in sleep. And this increases your anxiety even more. People who are lacking sleep, they always tell me, Brad, I feel really anxious and I feel like I am depressed and I can't get a grip over my thoughts and I don't know, it's hard for me to perceive the world around me. Depersonalization is running rampant and I, when I ask them about their sleep, they say, well, I, I'm hardly getting any sleep. Sleep is out of whack. One of the first things I talk about with my clients is, okay, what are you, what is your sleep cycle like? Do you have a set sleep time and set wake time? That's really important. 
truly important to regulate your circadian rhythm. I want to read you a passage from Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. This is really important when it comes to anxiety. He says, Analysis of the brain scans revealed the largest effects I have measured in my research to date. A structure located in the left and right sides of the brain called the amygdala, a key hotspot for triggering strong emotions such as anger and rage, and linked to the to the fight or flight response, showed well over a 60% amplification in emotional reactivity in the participants who were sleep deprived. In contrast, the brain scans of those individuals who were given a full night's sleep evinced a controlled, modest degree of reactivity in the amygdala, despite viewing the same images. It was though without sleep, our brain reverts to a primitive pattern of uncontrolled reactivity. We produce unmetered, inappropriate emotional reactions and are unable to place events in a broader or considered context. This answer raised another question. Why were the emotion centers of the brain so excessively reactive without sleep? Further MRI studies using more refined analyses allowed us to identify the root cause. After a full night of sleep, the prefrontal cortex, the region of the brain that sits above your eyeballs, is most developed in humans relative to other primates and is associated with rational, logical thought and decision-making, was strongly coupled to the amygdala. Regulating this deep emotional brain center with inhibitory control. With a full night of plentiful sleep, we have a balanced mix between our emotional gas pedal, which is the amygdala, and break, the prefrontal cortex. Without sleep, however, the strong coupling between these two brain regions is lost. We cannot rein in our atavistic impulses too much emotional gas pedal, and not enough regulatory break prefrontal cortex. Without the rational control given to us each night by sleep, we're not on a neurological and hence emotional even keel. Very powerful. So there's a commonality, as you can see from this passage in his book, People who are lacking sleep and their emotional glass and their reactivity over their overflowing emotional glass. They're very, very sensitive. So then the question becomes, how can you improve your sleep patterns? The first thing I already mentioned was to regulate your sleep, have a set sleep time, and wake time, and stick to it. We are routine creatures. We need a routine. The second thing I recommend is reduce your electronics 
time. And when I say that, I mean one hour before bed, stop any sort of stimulation. No emails, no cell phones, no computer, no TV. Then engage in relaxation strategies to help calm down your system. One thing is to write down your schedule the next day. This helped me lessen my anxiety when I was in the film union because since my schedule was all over the place, each night I wrote down, okay, I'm going to wake up at 5 o'clock. I'm going to eat breakfast by 5.30 after my routine. And then at 5.45, I'm out the door. And then I want to show up at the studio by, say, 6 o'clock. And then I want to meditate in my car for 15 minutes. And then I want to journal for another 10 minutes. And so then I want to get in the building by 6.45. So having a schedule and writing it down and leaving it beside your bed, it'll help calm the mind down because you're not laying in bed thinking about a hundred things that you need to do tomorrow. What if I wake up at the wrong time? What if I, what if I show up late? What if I don't get my meditation time in or all of these things is happening. So when you list them down onto paper, you're cementing them down, but also you're kind of releasing all of those thoughts from the body because now your brain's like, oh, I don't need to think about these things because they're here on a piece of paper. What a relief. And literally, literally your body feels like it's been relieved of a burden when you do that. Also writing down every single negative thought you have on a piece of paper. If you're lying in bed trying to go to sleep and you get negative thoughts, write them down on a piece of paper, release them from your unconscious mind. Also, to reduce your stress, take a hot bath, light some incense, meditate, do some deep breathing exercises, get some calming teas like chamomile tea or some uh, lavender teas. Be creative. Maybe get some scented oils or sit with yourself Maybe even not not meditating, but sit just with yourself for 10 minutes. And you'll find that when you sit with yourself, thoughts start to come up. So instead of being in bed and the greyhounds are bursting out of the gate, you're sitting on the toilet and thoughts are coming up. And it's better for you to... Let those thoughts come up when you're meditating, when you're sitting with yourself rather than being in your bed. So these are some of the things I started to do and my, you will see that your anxiety will greatly decrease. Sometimes I'll have an anxiety podcast on. I'll have binaural beats playing in the background. Those are some medit- meditative beats that are really soothing And I'll play those sometimes, or I'll put on a podcast that is very soothing to listen to, that makes me feel relaxed. And lastly, this strategy could be 
the most important strategy discussed today. It's sit comfortably, close your eyes, and imagine how you want tomorrow to play out. Go through the day in your mind's eye and imagine your ideal scenarios. You wake up, you're feeling good, uh, you have confidence, you imagine how you want to look as you challenge yourself through those situations that you are anxious about. And when you imagine those scenarios, you're going to start to feel different emotions. That's because your unconscious mind understands emotions, 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 and images the most. So you're speaking directly to your unconscious mind when you go through that day. And you're starting to manifest and send out into the world the energy that you want to occupy tomorrow. And this will help you settle the mind because now you're creating this map and you're telling your unconscious mind, okay, this is what I expect tomorrow. So there's less chaos of the uncertainty. You're lessening the uncertainty of tomorrow just by sitting with yourself and running through that day. It's like you're sketching out the map yourself. Of course, the day is never going to wind up exactly the way you imagined it. But trust me, it gets pretty damn close. And you start to manifest the, the emotions you really want when the day actually arrives. Really powerful. I want you to be the king or queen of relaxation. That's how I viewed myself. I thought of myself as the king of relaxation because I could relax myself no matter how anxious I was. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. I hope this podcast helped you. Please leave your comments. Let me know if if it has helped you. Let me know if you're struggling with night anxiety. And lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.